0: Nikki Haley wants big brother to track everything you do and say and she's bringing her authoritarian media regulation to home learn how Nikki Haley's minions are pushing media tracking by your local legislators plus we look at the latest in the standoff that's growing between the Biden administration and Governor Abbott of Texas tensions are rising legislation is passing so let's get into it 20th episode of the Magnifying Glass podcast, you heard us right, that is the big 2-0. I am your host, Elena Moore, and I am joined today by the American Stoic. On today's episode, we are going to go full 1984. But honestly, at this point, I kind of think that's what every episode is. Uh, But this time, we're actually going to be pulling quotes from the book because it's getting a little ridiculous. So we're going to be uncovering the Bill version of Nikki Haley sneaking past on the state level around the country, including her home state right here in good old South Carolina. Unless you have been living under a rock, you've most likely seen all the videos that Nikki Haley has been doing for the past several months with multiple news organizations and news agencies saying that she wants to know who every single person is on the internet and you get no say in it whatsoever in case you haven't seen that clip you can watch it here
1: when i get into office the first thing we have to do social media accounts social media companies they have to show america their algorithms let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing the second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name that's first of all it's a national security threat when you do that all of a sudden, people have to stand by what they say. And it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is going to see it. It's going to help our kids, and it's going to help our
0: I love having just a great 1984 reference to look at every now and then. She wants to know who every single person is. You don't get one say in it whatsoever. For. Get what you've known in the past. You don't get to keep your Fensta accounts anymore. We are moving into the big leagues because Nikki Haley and everything connected to her, China, uh, will know who you are.
1: Well, I mean, I want to be completely fair uh, to Nikki Haley because I know she did go on CNBC because she kind of got ripped to shreds over this. And this was right in the middle of the debates so whenever she was just getting her behind kicked every other day, usually by the uh, which was great content, by the way and one of my favorite things storylines from the end of last year but yep. she did go on CNBC's I think it was the Squawk Box and she said that she she wasn't she was okay with anonymous Americans posting on social media she just didn't want to have anonymous Chinese and Russians posting on social media and this just kind of is another reminder of these people who are running for government don't understand anything about the internet it reminds me of that uh, congressional hearing where one of the members asked the CEO of TikTok if TikTok connected to the internet, how can you possibly be running for a position of power? If you don't understand the basics of the internet, because everything runs through the internet. Now, all of your jobs run through the internet, all of your communications, people buy groceries on the internet. Now people don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore because they just do it online. So it's not some off far away, obscure topic. It's pretty basic, and the problem with her saying that, oh, well, I don't want, uh, I can have Americans be anonymous, but I don't want Chinese or Russians, is there's no way to control for those without checking real identification. So I don't know if this was just her trying to walk it back, if she didn't know what she was talking about, but her attempt to kind of walk these absurd statements back Just make her look more stupid. That's Mm -hmm. the amazing part. Usually, whenever you're trying to walk something back, you're trying to save face a little bit. It made her look dumber.
0: Which is really difficult to do because she's pretty, really low right now. But I digress. Let's talk a little bit about the Bill version of this that is being presented in the South Carolina General Assembly right now. And it's not just South Carolina where it's been to, but right now that's what we're going to look at is the details that's actually in this bill. I'm using a few different things to collect the analysis of this. Uh, There was former representative Jonathan Hill puts out a weekly bad bill sheet for uh, house bills that are being presented in South Carolina. It's phenomenal. It's amazing. Any bill that you think might be good, he's going to find some kind of detail of why it it may be bad and put that out as well so we will link that in the description and also an article from conservatruth which is another watchdog organization with the legislature in south carolina and their article will also be linked below so let's go ahead and dive into this this bill is entitled south carolina social media regulation act this was filed by representative weston newton who is one of the big, big good old boys in South Carolina from Bluffton near Beaufort. And he has filed Bill H-4700. This bill, as amended in subcommittee, bans the use of social media by anyone under the age of 18 without parental consent. Doesn't sound that bad, right? Okay, let's keep going. It gives the Attorney General also Allen Wilson for South Carolina, broad new powers to regulate and enforce and establishes a media literacy pilot program under the department of education. The subcommittee amendment has not been yet published, but I listened to it in the hearing this morning and it didn't sound good. They've already amended this thing three times. It just continues to get worse, but let's talk about some of the things that it does that's not great. One of the things that Jonathan Hill pointed out was that it grows government. The subcommittee amended that uh, and added this media literacy pilot program under the State Department of Education. What is one of the biggest things that it does? Well, it just happens to be all about SEL, which is social emotional learning. It's pretty much written into the entire program. If you don't know what SEL is, you may know what CRT is. Well, this is just the new version they're calling it these days. The social, emotional, and physical effects of social media... On users, the program must include conditioning students to to submit and enforce government-driven censorship. One of the biggest things that they use as a pro, the representatives, when they were trying to get this thing passed, was saying this is going to help with the distribution of disinformation and misinformation on social media. If you don't take any other points from this very long list, I think that's the one you should take from it. They want to pass this so there will be a little less disinformation and misinformation or whatever they consider that. They also built into this program is how social media manipulates or influences thoughts and behaviors. That kind of sounds like our last episode about hate crimes in a way. And another reason they say you should have this is because it will report suspicious suspicious behavior encountered on the internet and social media to appropriate persons and authorities who gets to decide all this well it just happens to be the attorney general who will be regulating and enforcing Another thing that this thing does is it reduces accountability. It uses extremely vague and subjective terms which are not being defined by the bill. But one thing that it does say in the very beginning is that this will start on March 1st, 2025. A social media company shall make commercially reasonable efforts to verify the age of South Carolina account holders with a level of certainty appropriate to the risks that arise from the information, uh, information management practices of social media companies and um, apply this to the accommodation of minors pretty much. This, even though it sounds like a lot of words, they're words that are extremely vague. What is commercially reasonable? What is a level of certainty? What is appropriate to the risk? I mean, we are just throwing words out there or let's just say the lawyers that wrote this are just throwing words out there that can be misconstrued any way they would possibly want multiple different sections, including this one, removes the usual transparency and accountability safeguards for regulations. The attorney general instead is going to be given broad powers to define what is actually acceptable by adopting rules or procedures that provide quote-unquote examples. Super specific. All right. What else does it do? It contradicts the separation of powers. This bill blurs the lines between lawmaking and law enforcement by allowing the attorney generals to regulate social media companies. You know, in the past, by certain individuals across the state, the attorney general has been accused of violating the law by collecting gigantic sums of money from companies in court. For instance, he hopped onto the google lawsuit that was happening that every nation was hopping on went in got a bunch of money from it and where did it really end up to oh it just happened to end up to his old law firm allegedly
1: i think that one of the i mean you, you, it's one of those weird bills where a lot of it is undefined right now and, and and to be fully transparent there's a chance that that could get resolved down the road as the bill makes its way through the process, But just the way that it's been written so far and the amendments that have come down the pipeline so far in the process, I don't really think you're going to see this bill turn into a good one. Let me put that put that to the side. Um, I also I mean, you're completely right that a lot of these terms and everything are very subjective and they haven't been defined in the text of the bill. And there's not a whole lot that we can pull from in, in other areas of the law in South Carolina or in other states that will that we can even use context clues to really figure out what this would look like. There have been a few other states that have passed this. Uh, Arkansas uh, passed one. Uh, Louisiana passed one the summer of last year. Uh, Georgia just uh, just is in the process of passing one right now. Uh, it's currently starting in the Senate. I think it's Senate Bill 61 uh, in Georgia that's attempting to, to do a similar thing. And each state has its own little twist. In Georgia, it's 16 years of age and younger. In Louisiana, it's 18 and younger. But one of the common threads here, and particularly in the one here in South Carolina that, that we're talking about, is the inclusion of this um, emotional learning curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we, we talk about what that is because, right. again, it's a vague term. What is, what is social emotional learning? And there's a few other terms for it, but it's not a new thing. And, and you, you know, you're, you're bringing reference to the critical race theory, which basically everybody, in particular our listeners, will be familiar with. But the connection between CRT and SEL is right there. It, it, yeah. They are the, basically the, the exact same thing. There was a, a report done by the American Enterprise Institute where they actually uh, found just how closely these were linked. Uh, Robert uh, Pondesico, I believe is how you pronounce his name, in this report, he criticized at the SEL for changing, quote, the role of the teacher from a pedagogue to something more closely resembling a psychotherapist, social worker, or member of the clergy, no less concerned with the child's beliefs, attitudes, and values. So whenever you're instituting an SEL program across a state, you're not just, you know, trying to improve the education you're really going way way beyond that and way beyond what we think of whenever it comes to the curriculum in the school or anything like that you're really starting to address almost a religious aspect Mm -hmm. of a child's formation and if you think of what what is critical race theory you're basically trying to rewrite and reprogram children away from what their you know their parents might be raising them at home what their their faith might be at home and you're really trying to reprogram that and SEL is doing the exact same thing and that being included in this bill is just extremely concerning and something that people really need to be aware of
0: you know what's even more concerning
1: take your pick there's a lot in America that's more concerning right now but I'd love to hear this one
0: it's the fact that this wasn't even written into the bill in the beginning this was the first amendment to it and
1: that, and that's kind of what i was saying is yes this bill technically has chances to be redeemed down the road right but just the way that it's been the track it's already been on with the first few amendments that have been added it, it's not going to it's yeah. kind of a false hope and so don't hang your hat on that
0: and, and that's the thing is i think probably you know we've talked about a, a lot of the bad pieces of this bill but the possibly worse one here is that it, it it infringes on parental rights i mean at this point the government is trying to become the parent or at least that's their argument in a way is that the, you know if the parent's not going to regulate it then the government should they should check of whether or not the kids are having these things and this this bill is really like Jonathan put, pointed out, it's a stricter state version of the federal child, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, or the COPPA, COPA, however you say it, which was enacted by Congress in 2000. The net result of this bill has been that most website providers simply disallow use by minors under the age of 13 in order to sidestep the parental verification requirement, which in turn has resulted in more age fraud.
1: Which going back to what Nikki Haley's stupid walkback attempt, right? Whenever you have these dumb verifications online, oh well, you can only be anonymous if you're a U.S. citizen. Well, you're just going to see a bunch of fraud on that front, mm-hmm. and so all these types to all these types of legislation that are trying to control online behavior like this, it's not going to work. Yeah. Everybody with two brain cells to rub together knows it's not going to work. And as you correctly pointed out, you're basically laying the precedent that if the government feels that parents are not doing the right thing in a given situation. They have the right to come in and and overrule the parents basically. And there may be some members of our audience, I mean I probably I know that I think that there are a lot of kids that are on social media too young and that can be harmful. So the idea of, well, you know, maybe, maybe it is a good thing. Maybe the outcome of this would be good. That may be true. Even if I give you that, you still can't pass this bill because of the precedent that it lays where the government gets to decide above the parents what is the correct way to, to raise children. That's the right. real issue here, or one of the real issues, I should say, because there's a lot of real issues with this bill.
0: And then we even saw this morning in the was it the subcommittee, the committee, I believe it was the the judiciary committee, January 24th, they had a hearing on this. What did they do? Oh, they just slapped a worse amendment on there saying that there needs to be a three time verification. So whether or not kids should or should not be on social media, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the day, that is not the government's decision we would be opening it up to something even bigger than that. And one of my worries is we're already seeing such data mining from our kids. The point is, is that this bill is not going after everyone on social media. This is just particularly those under the age of 18. Right now in school, a lot of kids have Chromebooks. And we have been seeing a ton of information, studies, Articles, you know, all the time about the data mining that foreign entities or hackers or whoever you want to call them are mining all of the data from these kids and their Chromebooks. They're getting a ton of their information. So, what do you think this is going to do? It's just going to take it to the next step. I mean, at what point do we say enough is enough and we're going to protect our kids? Because, guess what? Our kids are our responsibility not the government's Conservatruth had their own little article on this. And I really want to talk about, as we close this section up of how they ended. And I'm going to quote this from them real quick. At the end of their article, they said this proposed bill, which is H 4700 reads like a page torn straight out of Orwell's 1984, a dystopian script where big brother intrudes into the private lives of citizens. Only this time it's not fiction. It's a bill in our own backyard. Yes, protecting children in the digital age is, age is critical. Nobody disputes that, but at what cost? Are we willing to trade precious freedoms for a fault? Since the security echoing the chilling wor- world of Orwell's surveillance state, parental responsibility, a cornerstone of conservative values, is being hijacked by this bill. And she continues with: while the intent to protect our children is noble, the method here is deeply flawed. It's a classic case of government overreach, trampling our individual liberties and parental rights. And let's not forget, this is only phase one. If this bill passes, brace yourselves for amendments that could make the current version look like child's play. And we've already seen that so far. Fellow South Carolinian, let's stand firm for our freedoms and responsibilities. Don't let our state become a real life version of 1984 end quote. And this is, as we've stated earlier, it's not just happening in South Carolina. It's been passed in other Southern states, and it could very well be coming to your state next. Now let's move on to the standoff between the Biden administration and Texas. The Supreme Court recently had a ruling on the Texas border, but before I get too into it, Liam, how about you go ahead and kick it off for us?
1: Yes. So if you've been on social media the last couple of days, you've probably seen. The uproar over a 5-4 decision by the Supreme Court that reversed uh, an injunction that was granted by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Basically, this new Supreme Court decision gave the Biden administration and the federal agencies that he controls the power to go in to Texas or, or wherever else they deem it necessary, but this specific issue was only really a conflict in Texas, and remove Border structures, razor wire the, the, the buoys in the Rio Grande River, and so, and basically just remove them and, and facilitate further illegal immigration. And so, you know, for those of you that are probably scratching your heads, how could the Supreme Court rule in favor of the federal government having the right to help foreigners break U.S. immigration law? I don't know and unfortunately we'll never know because this again was just an issue that was uh, that was handed down there's not a full opinion of the court it's a quarter page document you can see on your screen there's no details given but it almost makes it worse for me uh, it, because there was no you didn't even have to defend your your decision so you had chief justice roberts who joined the liberals on the court again it's supposed who to be a 6 a, it's supposed to be a 6-3 conservative court remember And so you had Chief Justice Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett join the liberal half of the court or liberal side of the court in this 5-4 decision. And I'm not going to even talk about uh, Chief Justice Roberts because he's been making liberal rulings since he was first uh, put on the court. But it is disappointing to see one of Trump's appointments in in ACB not make the right decision here, when she didn't even have to justify it. She didn't even have to write an opinion or, or stand behind any reasoning. It was already the decision of the lower court. It's super easy at that point to just say, okay, continue. We'll let the lower court decide. We'll let that ruling stand. And the lower court had ruled with uh, Texas. So it's a very disappointing uh, uh, series of events there. But on the flip side of that, the response from Texas, from Governor Abbott in Texas, has been pretty positive, has been pretty inspirational, because, you know, I'm not one to count on the, on the government at any level to actually stand up for your own, for your own rights. But Abbott has basically told the Biden administration and the Supreme Court to go kick rocks, because they're still going to protect the border, they're still going to continue putting up further determents uh, for more immigration coming across the, the border, whether it be at the river or other places, Eagle Pass obviously being a, a big one that's been talked about a lot over the last four or five months. So we'll see how this goes, because this has a few different ways it could unfold. But I just want to quote from the Texas Tribune. Since 2021, Abbott's Operation Lone Star initiative has created tension between state and federal government. Under the operation, Abbott has deployed state troopers across 1200 mile the 1,200-mile Texas-Mexico border, ordered state police to arrest migrants who are suspected of trespassing, spent $11 million to install 70,000 rolls of a cornertia wire across the Rio Grande and spent $1.5 billion on about a dozen miles of border walls. And for the, I don't know if your state specific has done this as well, but I know for Florida, there's actually been basically a constant train of Florida Highway Patrol officers that have been going to Texas and helping with this process. So it's been yeah. a collaborative effort with different governors across across the country. And and finally, and this this is probably about two months ago, Biden basically just gave up and, and handed control over of the border from Customs and Border Patrol and ICE and, and those federal agencies that you normally kind of associate with immigration control and, and basically just backed out. So we'll see that could change. Uh, it could change it, it, with this new Supreme Court ruling. I hope not. Obviously, I hope that the Biden administration doesn't try and muscle in there and again contribute to the illegal immigration problem but now that they have the supreme court decision that is something that that we have to worry about today and, you know, actually i
0: i, right, I wonder ahead. how much this is going to affect the stream of illegals coming into every single state in the u.s i mean in south carolina its nonstop. non-stop they're getting flown in they're getting bussed in I mean, we have a ton of videos coming out of the upstate especially, but really all across South Carolina, I have heard and seen it. I wonder if we will see that slow down if Texas takes over more... um, Power or enforcement with the border, but I don't know. That's what I really wonder. Will we kind of see the stop, or are they just going to kind of continue through Arizona?
1: Yeah, that uh, that's definitely the concern. And and part of the importance of this ruling is, you know, if if the Biden administration just kind of lets lets uh, Texas do what they're going to continue to do and and protect the border and, and not interfere with that process, then. Maybe if you can elect a more conservative government in Arizona, for example, you can have the same process start there. And so, there's a lot at play here because obviously Texas is, you know, probably the the largest single state border uh, with with Mexico in the United States. And so, there's obviously going to cut off a lot of the flow. But you're right, there's a. Uh, very high probability that these migrants instead of just waiting there will just move up the border so you need to extend that protection all the way Mm -hmm. because this it's can you can't just have a porous border you can't protect half and leave half open it needs to be a a cumulative effort
0: yeah and and one thing that you know i'm hearing from the border right now is what is coming through texas is a lot of the guatemalans and and more children-ish With along Mm -hmm. with families, obviously we still have the military-aged men coming through there. But what is really terrifying is the people that the things that seem to be coming through the Arizona border Mm -hmm. are the military-aged men, the cartel, Mm -hmm. bombs, arsenal, a lot of equipment, and that's what's going through there. So we've got we're getting surrounded at this point of. What do we stop first? Where do we put the Band-Aid first?
1: Right. Well, and that's the thing is you would love to have a federal government that would actually help stop illegal immigration. Revolutionary idea that a federal government should uphold federal law. Absolutely insane. But, you know, you don't have that right now. So it's really the only option is the states. And so until Arizona steps up and is actually willing to make an effort here, willing to go out on a limb, willing to dedicate the resources and willing to take a take a stand, Texas is really our only chance. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not going to stop 100%. You're completely correct in that. But we got to hope that we can at least d- make an impact because there have been, again, I, I've used this statistic before, but since August of last year, there have been more interactions with Customs and Border Patrol and and, and military in, at the border with invaders, I'm just going to use the term. Then there have been natural births in the United States over mm-hmm. that same period of time. So this is not a small number of people. This is not an inconsequential number of people. And again, going back to what you said about the demographics of who is coming across, over eighty percent are single men. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta you gotta ask yourself the whole the whole pitch that the media will give you of oh it's women and children coming for a better life fleeing no no it's not. It is not. And and there's going to be a huge fallout from this in the next 10 years. That is another conversation for for another time. I I do want to get back to Governor Abbott, but it is something that that needs to be talked about. Uh, In in an open letter today that Greg Abbott published, uh, he, he basically just called out Biden for completely abdicating his responsibilities as commander in chief and president. He he made reference to the Founding Fathers and kind of the idea of what what makes America America as well in this letter. In this letter he writes, quote, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and other visionaries who wrote the U.S. Constitution foresaw that states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president who does nothing to stop external threats, like cartels smuggling millions of illegal immigrants across the border. That is why the framers included both Article 4, Section 4 which promises that the federal government, quote, shall protect each state against invasion, and Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3, which acknowledges the state's sovereign interests in protecting their borders. The failure of the Biden administration to fulfill the duties imposed by Article 4, Section 4, has triggered Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which reserves this to this state the right of self-defense. For these reasons, I have already declared an invasion, under Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, to invoke Texas's constitutional authority to defend and protect itself. That authority is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. The Texas National Guard, the Texas Department of Safety, and other Texas personnel are acting on that authority, as well as state law, to secure the Texas border. Again, this is a great statement. From, from a governor who has been a little bit wishy-washy, if we're going to be completely honest over the last few years. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's impressive. I think the only thing that lets me down was him talking about Alexander Hamilton.
1: Look, it, that's definitely a conversation for another day. <laughs> 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 we do not want to lose all of the a- Alexander Hamilton musical fans uh from our audience oh
0: yes let's not even go there i that was not directed at the soundtrack we need the
1: numbers okay okay we 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 have principles but they're not that they're not that harsh we can we can we can mold we can we can tiptoe around a conversation once in a while
0: maybe you can
1: uh yeah that's fair you're definitely not going to (laughs) what am i saying but, but again, you, you see what Abbott is getting at here. There has been a complete abandonment of the role of the federal government, the most basic level. Think of what all the things the federal government does. Think about all the ways that they spend money. Ukraine, Israel, all of these different places they're giving money to, all these different absurd social causes, all these different absurd museums of LGBTQ history that they're going to be establishing. And, and they're not going to do the one thing that you're actually supposed to do according to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. They're going to let that go by the wayside. It's incredible. So uh, props to Greg Abbott, and I, and I hope that everybody kind of rallies around him because it's going to be really important, and we'll see how that plays out. But it's a good first step, and, and, and definitely something to keep your eye on over the next coming days.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see maybe something good happening. Someone having a backbone? Oh, what is that?
1: Unrecognizable in politics today. I know Christy Nome came out in support of him, Obviously, DeSantis has been, you know, actually supplying FHP troopers. I've known a couple that have been over there in six-week shifts mm-hmm. at the border. So it's going to be important now that now the Supreme Court and the Biden administration might be coming back and, and trying to get a little bit of revenge here for basically embarrassing them, that all the Republicans, whether elected or not, they kind of back Abbott now because it, it could be coming to bear with this current situation at the border right now.
0: Yeah. Well, if y'all have any ideas and where you think this is going to go as we continue tracking it, let us know in the comments. We'd love to know your thoughts and if whether or not you agree or have a different perspective. Before we end today, I do want to take a little bit of a quote, uh, as I promised earlier in the episode, from the George Orwell book, 1984. And I think it's very fitting with what we have been talking about. He states, quote, until they become conscience, they will never rebel. And until they have rebelled, they can never become conscious. End quote. Remember this when you have someone fighting for you in politics. Instead of becoming a cult follower for your favorite legislator or your favorite politician, read the bills that they are pushing and voting for. Is it really what they say it is? Would it be better to continue passing legislation and adding laws that are unenforceable or that just simply switch power from one entity to another? Or would it be better to deregulate that power and control that the government agencies and elected officials have over us? Just some food for thought. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Magnifying Glass podcast. We delve deep, bringing the overlooked into focus and magnifying the stories that matter to you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and share, helping us shine a light on even more discoveries. I'm your host, Elena Moore. And remember, sometimes the smallest details make the biggest difference. Until next time, keep looking closer.